Many are getting weak. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Praise the Lord. Give a clap offering to the Lord Jesus. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Revelation chapter number 5. I'll read quickly to you from the verse number 1. But tonight I want you to remember that we are here because of one personality. One person. One God. And his name, his name is Jesus. And yesterday we looked at his divinity. And whenever we think about Jesus, how we should see him. He's not a prophet. He's more than a prophet. He's not an apostle. He's more than an apostle. He's not a historical figure. No, he's somebody who is alive. He's somebody who is alive. He has beat the insights of men. He has beaten the predictions of men. He has beaten every, he has conquered in every time, in every season. And in this dispensation also, we will see his glory. In Revelation chapter number 5 verse 1, there's a, this picture is of something, a sin that is happening in heaven. And in heaven the Bible says, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. So he saw a book, and it was written in and out, and there were seven seals on it. Very, very important book. And he said, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof. The Bible says in the verse number three, and no man in heaven, nor in earth, nor underneath the earth was able to open the book, neither to even look thereon. Verse number four, the prophets, when he saw this, that nobody in heaven, on earth, and underneath the earth became very sorrowful. So he began to weep. He said, and I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open, and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Oh, all of a sudden, encouragement came. Hallelujah. In the verse number five, one of the elders said unto him, He said, Weep not. Tonight, if you are here and there's a situation going on in your life where you feel as though it is hopeless and you are in a state of deep sorrow, I come tell you, Weep not. I said, Weep not. He said, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He has prevailed. Hallelujah. He said he has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Now, this is to tell you that the reason why no man was worthy to open the book was because they have not prevailed. It takes a certain level of overcoming and victory to possess the qualification to open the book. And he said, all in heaven, 
None of the angels, the archangels, the cherubims, the seraphims, the creatures, none of them had conquered enough to be able to even look upon the book and even to open it. And he said that this one, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has prevailed. He has won. He has received the necessary qualifications. Not just to look upon the book, but to open it. And to lose the seven seals thereof. Because the seven seals over there represented the destiny of the earth. The earth as it was then and the earth that is how it was going to be. The full fulfillment of the will of God upon the earth. Nobody could unlock it except the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. In the verse number 6 he said, I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne. Four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, glory to God, as it had been slain. Is it when the lambs stood up, he showed the full reflection of what had qualified him to be able to open the lambs. It was because he had been slain. It was because he had gone through the process. He had died. Said he stood as a lamb as it had been slain. Why not just as a lamb? Remember when Jesus was walking upon the earth, John the Baptist saw him and by revelation said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the earth. As at that time you could see the Lamb. It was the Lamb of the world who takes away the sins of the earth. But by this time in the book of Revelations, he wasn't just the Lamb of God, he was a lamb that has been slain. He was the Lamb that has been slain. He has gone through the motions. He has suffered. He was killed. He died. And when he represented himself in heaven, he didn't wash himself. He didn't clean himself. He came. A bloody mess to show that if you ever have a question of why I am victorious and worthy enough to open the seals, just take a look at me. Just take a look at me. That is why when we meet Jesus, we'll see the holes in the sand. We'll see the hole in the side. An eternal evidence that what he had done is eternally finished. Is eternally finished. The Bible that he stood as a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the spirits of God sent forth into the earth. The verse number seven said that. And he took the book. Hallelujah. Look, he took the book. I don't know whoever, who, who, who you think your life, in whose hand you, you think your life is in. But Jesus has taken the books. Hallelujah. He took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Glory to Jesus Christ. Listen, tonight I want you to understand that the one that we are worshipping is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. He was slain. And when he was slain, his blood was shed for us. This Friday, which we celebrate as Good Friday, is a bloody Friday. It's a bloody Friday. It's a Friday where the lamb was slain. In fact, there are some places right now, we are, they are mourning because the lamb is about to be slain. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. If I ask, by this time, he has already been slain. Because according to the Jewish culture, uh, the Sabbath day starts on 6 p.m. on Friday. So whatever they have to do, they have to do before 6 p.m. So as we are here right now, Jesus is on the cross. Jesus is on the cross. Hallelujah. Two thieves. On the left and on the right. I don't know who are standing on my left or the right. But two things on the left and on the right. And 
As he's on the cross, his blood is coming out. His blood is coming out. Even before he was put on the cross, the Bible tells us after they had arrested him, oh, in the garden of Gethsemane, if before that he had told his disciples that let us go on into Jerusalem, the Bible tells us that his disciples said, Master, you must march. You know that that is exactly where the people who want to kill you are. They have set traps for you. They have set, they have set people to come against you. The Bible says, Jesus said, we are still going. We are still going. And then he entered into Jerusalem. The Bible tells us, see, when you are somebody in the spirit, you cannot be denied in the flesh. He was the king of the Jews. So when he was entering into the city, the Bible says, multitude came. Some came with palm from, from, from fronts. Some came with their clothes and they placed it on the floor. And they started shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. Blessed is you come in the name of the Lord. Because they could see a king coming. They could not see a prophet. They could not see a preacher. They could not see a messenger. They could see a king coming. And they gave him the entry of a king. They put their clothes. They put their palm fronts. The ass, even the ass, the donkey upon which he rode, should walk upon it to enter into the city. To enter into the city. But that was also the beginning of the seal of his death. Because when his enemies saw what was happening, they said that, Master, tell these people to stop doing what they are doing because it is only a king and it is only God who deserves it. said, ah, if these people shut up, the stones are waiting for their turn. The stones are waiting for their turn. to jump up and begin to celebrate him. The Bible says right after he had given them the answer, they went away and they began to plot his death. Fast forward, Jesus Christ went into the temple after he had cursed the fig tree. And then he cast out the money changers and all those who were dealing corruptly in the house of God. And said, that, don't you know that this, my father's house, is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. But he turned it into a den of thieves. He whipped them, lashed them, drove them out so that there will be a revival in the house of God. Listen, as we celebrate and remember Jesus Christ, if there's a certain lifestyle you know you need to change, remember, he has a whip. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let it go out of you because you are his temple. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So when he had done this, the Bible tells us that he went with his disciples. And when they were going, he sent two of them ahead that there will be a donkey. It will be, uh, already that has already happened. He told them that there was going to be a man with a house that has prepared a place for dinner. They go and tell him that the master has need of it. It's amazing, right? But Jesus never did any, uh, how do you call these things, online services to uh, book a reservation. But the Bible tells us that the place had been prepared. It tells us something beautiful. You see, God has the book concerning our lives. God has the book concerning our lives. You see, if we can trust in Him and depend on Him, it will amaze you. There will be no delay in your life. Because somewhere, somehow, everything you need will be ready at the right time, at the right place. The Bible said that when they went, indeed, according to the word of the Master, the place had been prepared. A worthy man, a worthy man had prepared a table because said the Passover was coming. The Passover was a religious feast that the Jews celebrated every, every year. 
And the man had prepared the place. Why did he prepare the place? He did not know why he had prepared the place. But there was some strange force that had come upon him that prepared the place. Prepared the place. Because this is where the master is going to have his last supper. He's going to have his last dinner. The Bible tells us that when he went there, he went to his, his disciples. And they were seated around the table. And then they were having dinner. All of a sudden, the earnest of the spirit came upon him. And he said, as he was, was breaking bread for them, giving them wine, the wine to drink, uh, telling them that this is a, a new covenant that he was bringing them into. It was a new ordinance, a new way of doing things that he had prepared for them. The Bible after the supper, he took the bread and he broke it. And as they had given thanks, he gave it to them and said that this is my body which is broken for you. What was he doing? He was announcing what was going to happen to him and setting a new system for his disciples to follow. After he had done that, the Bible said he took the wine, he took the cup, and he did the same thing, blessed. And he said that this wine represents the new covenant in my blood, telling them that his blood was about to be shed. His body will be broken, meaning he will die in his flesh. And his blood will be shed to be a, a remission, a compensation, to pay for the sins of all humanity and to purchase us unto God. They didn't understand fully what was happening. I'm sure Bartholomew was saying that today that, that the wine is tasting extra sweet. And then another was tasting saying that, my God, they, he knows that me, my stomach, they look at the size of bread that he has given me. They did not understand until all of a sudden he said that one of you shall betray me. Hmm. Now, those who are playing were now opening their eyes. I can just see Thaddeus. And he, the, he was chewing the bread and... Uh, <laughs> he, he, now, he didn't know whether to swallow. <laughs> if somebody's going to betray you, then maybe he's poisoning all of us. <laughs> he was just wondering what was going to happen. Now, they had a love and an allegiance to him. And nobody could see himself doing that. So, but the master always speaks the truth. So they began to ask, it is I, is it I, is it me, is it I, is it me? They kept asking, kept asking. And see, when we have such a situation, the one who is really the one, he was, he was, I'm sure, was busily chopping over there. Because at that point, Jesus said, the one who is dipping, there he is the one. Because while others were asking, say, ah, he was still eating. He was still eating. Glory to Jesus Christ. Then, all of that time, you see, it should tell you that in the realm of the spirit, there are minutes, seconds, microseconds. Because all that time, he was being prepared. The Bible says, at the exact time, the spirit of God came upon the Lord. He said, go and do what you are supposed to do. The Bible says, the spirit of Satan entered into Judas. Listen to me. Nobody ever does anything against God except Satan has entered into him. Anytime you find yourself against the house of God, against the children of God, know that Satan has entered into your heart. The Bible said that he got up all of a sudden, as though under some strange influence. They did, he did not say anything to anybody, and nobody asked him anything. God, the Bible says that they thought he was going to give money to, or give arms, meaning there was no communication. He went, and he went to negotiate on the head of the master. Oh, they said that if you bring him, if you show us where he is. Because the way Jesus was, you see, the man had entered into a city where he had no house. And yet the house had been prepared for him. So they did not know where he was staying. They did not know where he was residing. 
And so they, maybe they had tried searching and they, they could not find where he was located. So for one who follows him to appear and say that, um, I've heard that you guys are planning something. I can help you. I can help you. The eyes open up with wicked glee. Wow. The one who is going to help us finish our wicked plans. He has appeared. He has appeared. I see. Unbeknownst to them, the man was fulfilling prophecy. He was fulfilling what has been written. 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 That one out of those who followed him is going to be the one who will give him away. And he said, what will I get out of this? He said, I, I will give you 20 pieces of silver. He said, that no, 20 is too small. Give me 45. Give me 45. I have a dream of giving them to 45 children, one for each one of them. Hey, they said, ah, young man, what do you mean? He said, okay, let us balance at 30 pieces of silver. He said, well done. Well done. Now, all this while, the man actually thought that I, I would sell. He thought he was a businessman. He was being a businessman because, see, that's how he has been all his life. So he said, let me sell him. This man, the way he has been raising people from the dead. When I sell him, to raise people from the dead again. Again, he had been with Jesus. There were times when they wanted to kill Jesus, and the man had disappeared from the midst of them. So he said, ah, this one cool chop. But by all means, when they come, he will disappear again. He will disappear again. Ah, unknown to him that Charlie, this time, it is not that way. The other day, I was going to, uh, somebody was going to get an investment. It was, it, the investment starts with M. People have told them that we have gone into the investment and we have got profits. Okay. Ah, then all of a sudden, the meat will let me enter. The day entered, that was the day the investment collapsed. <laughs> amen and amen. So, he went. And so, he told them that I'm going to give you a sign. Even if you go to the house and it's not that I know where he usually goes. The man is too spiritual. He cannot miss his time of prayer. I don't know whether there is a place where you can be found with God. That even when your enemies are looking for you, they can find you over there. He said that when we go, the man Jesus was a selfless man. So whatever he had, he spread. So the clothes that he was wearing, his disciples were also wearing it. The way he kept his beard, his disciples were also keeping that beard. So if you don't point that this is Jesus, you may not know that it's him. Again, it's dark already in the evening. So he said that when we go, the one whom I kiss, he loves me. And so we share fellowship. So when I kiss him, you should know that that's the one. All the rest, their beard is not proper. This is our one. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, while that was happening, Jesus had finished supper with the other disciples. And he said, ah, let us go somewhere. When they went, they went to the garden. Then the Bible tells us he left the, uh, the uh, portion of them and went to three, Peter, James, and John. He said, Peter, James, and John, let us go further. So he went further. After they had gone a bit deeper into the garden, he said, I wait behind. I want to go a little further to pray because my time has come. I can feel the burden of the world, the burden of the sins of the world upon me. I can feel that the very purpose for which I was brought into this earth, the time has come. What is that purpose? I was born to die. I was born to be killed. I was born to be sacrificed. Listen, Jesus was not a matter. He was not somebody who was just killed because of religious beliefs. He was a sacrifice. He was the sacrifice of God for the world. He went before the Lord. And for an hour, he kept praying only one prayer. Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass 
from me. Let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. By the time he had prayed that hour, he said, let me come and take prayer support from my armor bearers. Before he could get there, he could hear a sound from the distance. When he went, they were sleeping and snoring. said, hey, couldn't you wait with me for just an hour? Pray, pray. Temptation is coming. Pray, pray. Difficult times are coming. Pray, rise up and pray. Isn't it the same way the Spirit of God is calling people to pray even in these days? Because whenever difficult times come, it is men of prayer who can turn the times and the seasons. So pray, pray. So that you don't fall into temptations. Oh, again they were gone. He went the third time for another one hour. The Bible said, the prayer was getting intense now. Because see, all that time, things were happening in the realm of the spirit. Accusations were taking place. The devil was putting every necessary arsenal, aligning things so that when they get him, they will kill him, they will clear him, kill him from the face of the earth. Listen to me. Before somebody can die in the physical, the things that must have taken place in the spirit, you won't, you can't imagine. The Bible says that when he came back, they were asleep again. He woke them up again. He came back the third time, they were still asleep. They're continuous sleeping. It's too late. It's too late. Sometimes when the Spirit of God puts an impression on you to pray, you don't pray. After some time, that thing cannot be changed again. That thing cannot be changed again. said, continue sleeping. Continue sleeping. It is too late. You prayed. Well, after some time, they heard a noise coming. So boy, so boy. Hey! People were carrying clubs, carrying stones, carrying knives, carrying all kinds of things. What is happening? Has there been an armed robber that has been caught? Has a murderer been...
betrayest thou the son of man with the most intimate of things? A kiss. A kiss. I can just imagine. I've been caught, but you see, his face has jimmied. <laughs> it was too late for him to change his mind. The people were already there. It pounds upon him. Ah, come and see Peter, radical man. Ah, Allah Under his chest, under the clothes, he had a knife. He said, who are these? Chobaya. Ah, <laughs> He pulled out the knife. The Sambo told me that Papa will not let you go anywhere alone again. He pulled out the knife. He shoot. I should tell you, tell you, this thing was more than a butcher's knife. Oh. Shoot. Then the ears was flying somewhere. The son of the high priest's ears was gone before he could say that. Jesus said, Master, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And look, even though they were going to arrest him and kill him, he took the ear. He placed it back on the ear. All of a sudden, in the time when he was at his lowest, he could still work miracles. The ear came back. Creative miracle. Creative miracle. He said that, my time has come. Carry me away. The Bible tells us all of a sudden, all of his disciples, they scattered. Everyone running for his life. I see the truth. They didn't need to run for their lives. They were not the reason why they broke him. They ran away and they left him. They ran away and they left him. This tells you that you see, the Bible is always true when it says that do not put your confidence in man. Even the one who loves you the most, the one who cut off the ear of another person for you, he also ran. He also ran. He also ran. The fact that he's telling that baby, I'll be there. I'll be for you for that. You'll be there and be writing your, writing your biography with it. <laughs> my God, my God. They ran and they left him. They carried Jesus away, bullying him. They brought him before the Sanhedrin. They knew what they had already planned. They said that you, you said that you break down the temple. This is what they are saying. They pulled some false accusers against him. In fact, even in the midst of that, they could not find anything against him. They had to form something. Ah, then they passed on him. They did all kinds of nasty things to him. They pulled his beard. Blood started oozing. You see, because he was a Nazareth, he had a lot of beard on his head and his face. On his face. He said, look at you. When were you born? Do you know when we came into power? Do you know what we have seen? Do you know how much of the Bible we have read? You see, so much accusation, so many insults. They found, uh, it's an amazing thing that in the midst of all of these things, none of those who were blind that he had healed appeared. The deaf who he had healed, they were not that where to be found. Those who had even been raised from the dead, they were nowhere to be found. They were nowhere to be found. And it just lets me understand some of these things. Because sometimes the people you have sacrificed the most for, they are the ones who can depend on the least. They are the ones who can depend on the least. Oh, so they took him through the trial of the Jews. Now, even though they are found him guilty, they did not have the power to kill him. Because after that time, they were under Roman rule. So they said, let us take him to, uh, what was his name? Pilate. Pontius Pilate. They called him Pontius Pilate because of the level of pontification that they have placed him. The Romans, they like big names. Pilato. Ah, 
They went, Pontius Pilate also had been hearing about him. Said, this man has been a miracle worker. The thing, he turned water to wine. He walked on the sea. He spoke to a fig tree and it dried. The blind could see. The deaf could hear. Those who had no voice were shouting in his meetings. Ah, those days, kings like uh, jokers. And people come and display for them. He said, ah, this is an opportunity. I want to have a private show. He said, ah, they said that you, are, you can do things. Do things, let me see. Jesus was just looking at him. Was just looking at him. Said, ah, don't you know that I have the power to set you free? Said, hey, master, this power, I will not be here if my father has not delivered it to you. Now you think I cannot call on the Father and will send me 12 legions of angels. But I see that is not a purpose for which I came into this world. That's not a purpose for which I came into this world. You see, you need to understand your assignment in life. You need to understand, understand your assignment in life. Understand your assignment in life. I need to listen to him. Something was doing him. He just couldn't understand what this man's level of, 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 of understanding and what he was saying. Ah, said they, you say, they say you are the king of the Jews. Said, you know what you are talking about. Now you are talking. You know who I am. He said, ah, he called the people, the religious leaders. He said, ah, I have spoken to this man. I don't find anything wrong with him. They said that if you dare leave him, we'll send a message to the emperor in Rome and tell you that you are doing certain things against him. You see, corruption did not start nowadays. Corruption did not start in our time. The what the, our politicians are doing now, it did not start today. In some of them, the things they do, the threats that they have gone through for them to do what they are doing, they are always balancing with negotiations. They negotiate till they die. If you cannot stand it, you die behind your car, your steering wheel. But your heart is, you are always afraid. Being a politician is not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. The secrets that you have to keep. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. So he said, ah. so he kept Jesus in prison. Herod came around. He sent him to Herod. Ah, this is what the people are saying. Herod also listened. He found nothing wrong. Send him back. Send him back. Now, around that time, as one of the ways of keeping the people calm and under Roman uh, 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 allegiance, he will release one prisoner to the people. He said, ah, this is an opportunity because already I'm feeling scared in my spirit that this man is not an ordinary man. His wife had also started having dreams. Ah, I wonder what she was seeing in the dreams. She said, Annie, Annie, last night was a terrible night for me. Whatever you can do, let that guy go. Other than that, it's going to be the end of you. It's going to be the finishing of you. He said, ah, okay. This wicked criminal, that one nobody wants him. Yeah, kill people, rob people. Let me go and balance him the two. And then I'll see, use that. Of course, by all means, they will choose Jesus. But they don't have any, he has not killed anybody. If anything, he has worked miracles. So he stood in front of the people and said, As it's my custom to release somebody unto you. I have this murderer, wicked guy, killer of people. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He's called Barabbas. And this Jesus, who has done nothing wrong with you, the man had become a lawyer. Uh, uh, he was prosecuting one and he was defending another. You see, that tells you the wickedness of man. You see, sealing the sin and the wickedness in the heart of men. 
them. I don't know whether they did some campaign. But the Bible said the people with one voice. This is very deadly. Where was Mary Magdalene? Where were all the people that Jesus helped? They all shouted with one voice according to the scriptures. Give us Barabbas! 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 What were they saying? We are accepting evil, wickedness. This is what we love. Evil, wickedness. This is what we love. Evil, wickedness. This is what we love. What we were, they were feeling in all eternity that wickedness is in the heart of man. And man deserves to be charged. But all that had to happen because the fullness of weakness needed to be completed so that when he saves, he saves once and for all. He saves without anything being left behind. Oh, now, what has happened? What people did not understand was that for the Gentiles, they were already gone. They were already condemned to death. But now, for God to be able to save the entire of humanity, he needed to find the Jews, his own people that he had selected them to himself. He needed to find them also guilty of wickedness. What was the wickedness? Sacrificing the life of an innocent man. At that point, when he started shouting, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. Okay, let Barabbas be free. Let Jesus stay in prison. They added another voice. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. We want him to die. Why do we want him to die? Our wickedness is arising. The wickedness in our heart is speaking through our lips. He said, this is my water. I am washing my hands of the blood of this man. He said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. Wickedness speaking. Now imagine you are Jesus and you have helped so many people and all the people that you have helped, you've ever helped were crying out not just for you to be tamed, but they are crying out for your head. They are crying out for your life. Jesus' heart was being broken at that point because he was still a man. He had emotions. He had feelings. He said, let the curse be upon our heads and upon the heads of our children. And their children, they had released the curse for the entire generation. So they who were saved through Abraham now also now come under a curse. So that Jesus, in his death on the cross, in the breaking of his body, will be able to save all as one. All as one. All as one. The Bible tells us so. He had to release him onto the soldiers. They began to beat him. He said they lashed him according to the Jewish quarter. Forty lashes, less one. Now they make it less one. It's supposed to be forty. But you see, according to the law, if the one who is lashing makes a mistake and he lashes extra than that, the prisoner has the right to come and take the rod and also lash him. So they always reduce it by one. So that if by adventure, in the, in the exuberance of the moment, he goes more than that, it will be exactly on the 14th. Now, now the lashing is not like your classroom lashing. When they say that Jesus was whipped, forget about what the teacher did to you in the classroom. No matter how much damage it caused. Some people, when they lash your bonbon, your bonbon reduce that day. Uh, but Jesus' lashes was thousand times more than that. They used a leather whip. But within the whip, there were metals and there were bones and there were nails impregnated, put into the lining of that side to the very end. So when they lash you one, <laughs> not only do you feel the leather on skin, the metals, the bones enter. And so when they are hitting you, they are not hitting you, they are ripping you. 
The Bible tells us that they lost him. They entered into the skin, into the flesh. And when they pulled away skin, meat, flesh, blood. Now, even before they lost him, one, two, oh, I don't know whether I can take you there to see him. Tied to a stake, his hands bound. Oh, because they don't want him to leave the spot. Now, the ones who were trained, the, the ones who were whipping, they were trained whippers. They are not just an, any ordinary people. They trained them to whip. They went to school of whipping. They knew how to inflict the worst damage. They knew how to inflict the worst damage. So here, one, two, three, five. By the time it was seven, his back was torn. Listen, when they tell you that Jesus was whipped, you should not think that they were bruised. So the man was bruised. Now that word bruised, if you check from Isaiah chapter 53, in fact 52, the latter part into 53, it meant that he was crushed. He said that there was nothing glorious about him that we should design. He was like a worm. His flesh was pulverized. The meat all over. When you see him, you not even see that he's a human being. He said there was nothing beautiful or glorious about him that we should design. Because on his, all his body, he hits him to the point. He turns to the front. They go. They don't care the direction. So back, front. Every part of the, in fact, the, if according to certain studies, they say you could even in some portions you could see the bones exposed. You could see some of the ve- the blood vessels exposed. The man was a bleeding mess, 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 a bleeding mess. Now before that, oh my gosh, the Lord of mercy, you see all of that. So they gave him thirty nine lashes. That's not very painful, very bloody. So when the time they were done, there was blood all over the place. It was like a butcher's, a butcher's store. Blood all over the place. They created a crown of thorns. Pieces upon it. They said, you said you are the king of the Jews. Here is your crown. A crown of, the fish pushes into it. And blood started flowing down his face. Flowing down his face. And then they blindfolded him. And they beat him and say, you say you're a prophet, who hates you? <laughs> you say you're a prophet, who hates you? <laughs> you say you're a prophet, who hates you? Now, remember his beard had been pulled, blood had started coming. His crown of stones had been put on his face, head, blood had started coming. He had been lashed, that's what it said, blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. You see, what the people did not know was that the purpose of all of this was for his blood. His blood needed to come out. They had to come out in the worst of ways. In the worst of ways, because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Because our sins needed to be dealt with. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So every time his blood was coming, oh, that sin that you committed from the time you were born up to now, and the one that you commit even in the future, every one of them was being was being dissolved, consumed. By the blood. He was paying for it. He was paying for it. He paid for it. At that point, at any point in time, within the one to thirty-nine lashes, he could have said, angels appear. But every time he felt like saying it, he sees your, the picture of your face. The 
the Bible says he saw the generations ahead of them. Ahead. He saw the generations ahead. He saw generations into the future. He saw our, I believe with all my heart that Jesus saw my faith individually as though I was right there. He saw me. He saw me as though I was right there. Everyone. He saw every one of us. I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart that the reason why he did not say stop it was because he was seeing me that one day I'll also need to be delivered from my sins and be given an opportunity before God in heaven. When we were tired of sporting with him, they realized that it was getting late. And according to the Jewish culture, you cannot crucify a man into the Sabbath. So they needed to hurry him up. They prepared for him a, 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 a cross. And even after all the beatings, they said, carry your cross yourself. Carry your cross yourself. He put a cross on his back. By this time, he was even too weak to walk. Too weak to walk. Too weak to walk. And at that point, it was public display. As Jesus was moving from the place where the prisoners or where the soldiers had whipped whipped him and had done all kinds of evil to him. And was going to Golgotha. Now, Golgotha. Golgotha. The place of scars. It's called the place of scars. It's called the place of death. Because it's a place of no coming back. Nobody goes to Golgotha and comes back alive. In fact, you don't even come back at all. Because when you die just behind the hill, you see scars and bones over there. It was a place of no return. I can just imagine Mary's mother standing afar looking at her son going to Golgotha. Golgotha is like the evil forest in Africa. No coming back. It's a cursed place. It's a place where there was no return. She saw her son dragging there, dragging the cross. And then in his weakness, you fall every now and then. Now when you fall, Roman soldiers are, are trained to whip you until you do. And they will keep whipping. Even when you are dying, they will keep whipping you until you die. So they are slaves. It is so good to be a slave in those days. Because you, you are, you are, you are, you are worked so you die. When you die, they will let other prisoners come and carry you away. And they'll keep whipping you and working you, whipping you and working you. So I can just imagine the mentality. When it was too much, he could not go any further. He saw an African called Cyrus. He said, come and help him carry the cross. That is how I knew that, ah, Africa was part of God's plan. Africa was part of God's plan. Africa was part of God's plan. Because we helped the Savior to fulfill his mission. No wonder there's so much revival in Africa. The biggest churches are now in Africa. The biggest congregations are now in Africa. Now Africa is even sending missionaries to Europe, to Asia, to America, to all over the world. When you go to America, some of the biggest churches are, uh, are, 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 are pastored by Africans. You go to Asia, you go to South Korea, you go to North Korea, you go everywhere. You see Africans, God using us. We were part of the plan. We were part of the plan. Never you regret that you are a black person. Never you regret that you are from Africa. We are part of God's plan. Hallelujah! We are part of God's plan. Do you know that even God came to hide Jesus in Egypt when uh, Herod was looking to kill him at when he was about two years old. Look, Africa has always been part of God's plan. And that's why I'm proud to be a Ghanaian preacher. I'm proud to be a Ghanaian preacher. I'm proud to be a Ghanaian preacher. Hallelujah. I know you're also proud to be a Ghanaian member. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, 
as they were going, they made it there upon Mount Calvary. They needed to put him on the cross. Hey. Already crucified over there were two thieves. And we're going to crucify him. Now, those who did the crucifixion were trained to do that. Because it was a form of capital punishment. It was the punishment that was given to the worst of offenders. People who were condemned, in fact. So in the Jewish quarter, it is a curse to die on a tree. <laughs> they did not know that God had it all in his plans. Because he needed to fulfill the worst of curses to break them all. To break all of the curses that had been put upon us because of sin. So, they put him there. Lying on his back on the cross. Left hand up. Right hand up. Holding him. Look, and I forget the name. I think was it. Oh dear. Well, if I remember, I'll tell you. But the, the Roman soldier was crucified. That was his main job. He became born again later. Because we cannot encounter the Lord that way. He was an ordinary man. All of divinity was a standstill just for him to go through what he was going through. The Bible says that left hand. Very huge rod. Now, in some pictures, you see a nail in his palm. No. If you put a nail in his palm, it will break the bones before it goes through. And in fact, uh, according to the expect uh, crucifiers, those who crucify, it, it cannot hold. It will break their hand and it, if a hand will come up. They need you up there for a reason. Because you are supposed to suffer. So, they realize that there is a hole in between the, 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 around the wrist over here. And so they drive a very long nail, place it there, with the biggest of hammers that they can find. They drive it through there. Pump, pump, pump. Pass through the front, through the hole, uh, among the bones, out the other side, into the wood. It must be go deep enough into the wood so that it don't come out. Oh dear. As they nailed him, blood gushed out. Because some blood vessels are over there. So blood started flowing. They didn't care. The right hand said, I can just imagine our master, as the nail went through, when you were pricked by a pin, did you see how he jumped? A pin times 5,000. Pushed through his body. Can you imagine the level of endurance now? Can you imagine how much pain, how much stress this entire system was going through? The level of endurance. Yet he had to endure all of that for our sakes. If he says Good Friday, we must understand what this Good Friday represents. Because before 6 p.m., all of these things were happening. All of these things were happening. All of these things were happening. He went to the nails. He had the legs. It had to be bigger because they were going to put the two legs together. And through onto the cross. The mechanical damage by the nails alone was inflicting a lot of pain. Now they were supposed to lift up the cross. <laughs> when you are climbing a tree, you see how you use your hands to climb. And you hold it with your wrist or with your hands or with your so that you'll be able to hear. Imagine you cannot hold and now it's nails. The nails that are holding you. The only thing that was supporting you up, him up there 
against the pull of gravity were the nails that had gone through his wrist and the nails that had gone through his feet on the cross. The Bible tells us that his shoulders were out of joint because at that point, the, body, the gravity is pulling your body down and the nails are keeping you up. His shoulder bones were dislocated, shifted out of place. He said in the book of Psalm 22, he said, all my bones are out of place. All my bones were out of place. At that time, in the realm of the spirit, the demons were celebrating. Now they were coming upon him. All that while, as he was there on the cross, every one of the sins of the world were coming upon him. Every one of the sins were coming upon him. Were coming upon him. Now, before I even go there, you see, the reason why he was the last 39 lashes, the Bible said by his stripes, we were healed. Now, according to science, uh, I heard this somewhere. All the major diseases in the world are categorized under 39 different sicknesses, under 39 different classifications, meaning one lash for a classification of sickness, one lash for a classification of disease. So the Bible tells us of a truth by his stripes, healing came to us. Healing came to us. That's why we can pray for the sick. Because somebody took the price. He paid for it with every stripe upon his body. Upon his body. Upon his body. Now, Jesus. See Jesus. Can you see him now? He's hanging on the cross. Can you see him now? The king of glory who made himself like a human being. is hanging on the cross like a trophy. Blood all over the place. His face, you cannot even see his face. You cannot recognize that that's a human being over there. That's a human being over there. Oh, Bashin Telebregadoshea. Blood oozing from him. In the realm of the spirit, the demons, he said, the bulls and the dogs of Bashan, they are coming upon me. He could see death coming. He could see death coming. At that point, things started happening in the realm of the spirit because the sins of the world were coming upon him. Now, there was somebody who saw that mm, the way this man was in pain, let me try and do something about it. Because as Jesus' the soul was nearing death, he said, I test. And so they said that let us put vinegar onto a piece of sponge and push it out there so that as though water for him to drink because he says he's thirsty. But when the thing touched his lips, now vinegar contains uh, analgesic qualities. That means that it can quench pain. <laughs> as soon as he tasted it, he spilled it away. The man wanted to endure every bit of the pain because every one of the every bit of the pain that was going through was a payment for our sakes. He said, No, no, no. Oh, he saw his mother with one of the disciples. The mother was weeping. The woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. You see, isn't Jesus amazing? Even on the cross. He prepared his back. He took care of his mother before he went. He left her in the care of somebody telling us that we have to all be responsible in life. Very, very important. Very, very important. So, here is Jesus. So many things happening. Those who were laughing at him were laughing at him. He said, ah, look at him. He saved others. He better save himself today. He saved others. He healed others. He better heal himself today. So, healer, heal thyself. Healer, heal thyself. Healer, heal thyself. What they didn't know was what their eyes couldn't see. All that time, all the sins of the world were coming unto him. Were coming unto him. As the, he, as the sins came, they 
covered him so much. Now, God the Father could not behold sin. God the Father could not behold sin. God the Father could not behold sin. And so, oh dear, Zako Shabradigadas, the real crisis was coming. Jesus could endure the pain of lashes, but he could not endure the pain of rejection by his father. He could not endure the pain of rejection by his father. He shouted, said, Ali, Ali, Lama Sabastani. The Bible said by translation, it meant that, my Lord, my Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? So at that point, God the Father, he said, my Father is always with me. That's what he used to say. But for, at that point, his Father was no longer with him. Because the Father cannot stay with sin. At that time, that what was happening was what was called the vicarious death of Jesus. It's called the substitutionary. His sin for our sin. So that we can take on his righteousness. At that point, Jesus was not a sinner. He was the epitome of humanity of sin. And God, did you not realize that God drew man out of the garden? Because sin, man had become sin. Sin could not fellowship with the holy things of God. So Jesus became sin. The Father turned from him for a moment. Oh my God. At that point, everything had been consummated. He could see the wages of sin coming to him. What are the wages of sin? Death. He said, ah, unto you I commit my spirit. Why did he say spirit? Because the spirit is the Christ. The flesh is, the, is Jesus. And so the flesh died. The spirit went back to heaven to be the father. So before they even came to realize the man had already died. They found it strange because, you see, no, they, they have done this over and over again. Nobody dies in such a short space of time. Look at the time he was arrested from Friday morning. And then he went through all of the things that he went through. And he still needed to be off the cross before 6 p.m. So it was too short a, space, a time for him to die. In just a few hours, three to four hours, the man was dead. They, they estimated you should be there for at least 12 hours. When it was getting to time, he said, oh, no, the Sabbath is fast approaching. They have to take him off. Now, to ensure that the people will die, they will take off and they will break their legs. But when they came, they found, ah, they were pushing, prodding him, the man was dead. How? How? He said, no, this thing is, can't happen. So let us ensure that he's really dead. And so one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced his side. When he pierced his side, I believe that he pierced to the lower part of the peritoneum, breaking the pleural area. That is where the heart was. About the out of his side came blood and water. It came gushing out, telling us that his heart had ruptured, and the blood which was in that in, the, in, the, in that membrane had congealed. The, the red part separated, the, the, the clear part separated. So when it came out, what they saw, how they saw it as blood and water passing out. Ah, telling us the blood was being shed. When the blood hits the ground, oh, the earth could not contain the power of the blood. There was an earthquake. And the earth began to tremble. There was darkness on the face of the earth. Everything started changing. The clouds, there was a, a, a solar eclipse in a, a, short, a, a short space of time. Darkness everywhere. 
the winds were blowing. People could not understand what was happening. At that same time, oh, because the blood had hit the ground, the, the grace of the right, those who died in righteousness, the Bible said they broke open. Cemeteries began to respond to the power of the blood. Those who had died in the Lord in faith, the Bible said they came out of their graves and they went to show themselves to people in the city. And the people in the city recognized them that they were righteous men who had died. Men that they had heard their stories before they even were born. Oh, now the soldiers were there. Indeed, this man must have been a righteous man. The one who killed him, the one who pierced his side. Now they were trembling. According to the Bible stories, the man began to weep, shaking. He, he, he instantly developed the PTSD. He ran off, wailing, wailing. What have I done? I have killed the son of God. I have killed the son of God. The man nearly killed himself. And so the message of the salvation of Jesus Christ reached him. He became one of the biggest supporters of the church in his time. In his time. Jesus died. The sufferings he went through was what gave us Good Friday. Was what gave us Good Friday. And all of that was to give us a chance before God to take away our sins and to give us an access, entrance, Unto God. Unto God. Listen, when we talk about Good Friday and remember Jesus, you should know what he has really done for you. Many of us take Jesus for granted. We take the little sacrifices we make for him. We think that we are doing too much. If you know what he has done, if you understand the pain that he went through, every single day of your life, you'll be trying to find a way to repay him. You'll be trying to find a way to repay him. That nobody can ever sacrifice for God. Anything you do for God is a privilege. Oh, you know what I'm sacrificing for the church? You are, you are joking. You don't know what sacrifice is. Sacrifice is the man on the cross. Is the man on the cross. The man who shed his blood on Calvary. Not to save you from what, what is for a time. Anything you do for the church is just for a time. But he did what, what he did was to save you for eternity. Outside of time. That is what is truly sacrifice. Everything else we are joking. We are joking. We are joking. Let us go out for soul winning. Eh, and this we are washing. Oh, what a pain. Let us out, go out and go and tell people what he has done for uh, 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 You know, I have some assignments. I have some classes. And, uh, let us go. Oh, I'm busy. Eh, I'm shy. You have so many excuses. 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 Some even within that time is when we are going to see our boyfriends, girlfriends, going to have time with our friends, or going to party with family members. Some of us even can sacrifice coming to church and doing the things of God for mundane things that have no eternal value. If some of us even come to church today, it was a drag, it was a bother. Listen, you are, you are not, you, are, you don't understand what you are doing and what you are saying to the Lord. What you are saying to the Lord. What do I say to the Lord? That is the story of Good Friday. That is the story of Good Friday. When he brought him down from the cross, the man was a lifeless corpse. He was a lifeless corpse. But in the realm of the spirit, he had entered into hell. I'll tell you what happened in hell on Sunday. I'll tell you what was happening after that Good Friday encounter. When he brought him down. Look, I told you God is a master of provisions. There was a man called Joseph Arimathea. who was a rich man. He had prepared a tomb. Those days before you die, it's not like the way we die in our day and then we leave problem for our children. 
and we leave debts for them. Those days before you die, especially if you have the means, you prepare your grave, you prepare your tomb. So even if it takes you 50 years to die, your tomb has been prepared. And so you have prepared a tomb among the rich. It's just like we have cemeteries in Ghana which, where they are rich and uh, uh, people are buried. They also had that kind of, those kind of uh, places where there were tombs that were crafted for rich people. And said, ah, give me his body. The man was a politician. So he had political links. He had paid his way through it. He said, give me his body. I want to place him into the tomb. Indeed, fulfilling the prophecy that in his death, he lay among the rich. In his death, he lay among the rich. On by the end of Friday, Jesus was in the tomb. Jesus was in the tomb. So if today we are here, we are here to celebrate Jesus in the tomb. He's in the tomb. On Sunday, he will rise again. We'll talk about that matter on Sunday. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. I don't know whether what I've shared with you stirs or raises any awareness in your heart. But if you, we need to be aware of these things. We need to be conscious of these things. Because this is a story of our salvation. This is a story of what has made us who we are. Any right we have in God is because it has been paid for. Any right we have in God is because it has been paid for. On this Good Friday, the greatest miracle took place. My sins, my sins were washed away. What is the purpose of the blood? It became the propitiation for our sins. And not just for our sins alone, the sins of the whole world. First John chapter 2, verse 1 and the verse number 2. To open the door into the presence of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 20. One thing that I left out. While Jesus was on the cross and his blood hit the ground. There, far away in the temple in Jerusalem. Something happened. They said all of a sudden the veil that separated the holiest of holies. The holiest of holies is where the presence of God is. And separated it from the holy place. The veil something, a strange hand struck the veil. And you know, the way it is so high, if somebody is going to strike it, the person should climb up. And so if you do anything, you do it from down up. And the veil was not like what we have. No, 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 no. It was very thick material. Very thick. About like this side. Very thick moving material. When you are entering, you have to literally push it aside. Because they needed to it should be taken up not to let the presence of God spill over into the holy place. It said that all of a sudden in the temple, something struck, I believe, an angel of the Lord. And it got rent in twice from not the bottom to the top, from the top to the bottom. Meaning the work that happened came from above. It came from above, from the top to the bottom. Now we have access unto his presence. Oh, glory to God. And that's where the earth began quickly. And the rocks were torn in pieces. Why the blood? Number three. To make Gentiles a part of the commonwealth of Israel. And we're also part of God's children. And I told you that because of this, what happened on that day, even the Jews were rejected for the sins, for the, for the, for, for the death of an innocent man. Number four. Healing through his stripes. We can claim healing because of what happened. And to break the influence and the power of the curse of Adam and the curses of the law. So we are not cursed. We are not cursed. 
whether we are the curse of Adam or the curses of the Lord, Jesus in his body broke them all. And then not only that, to show us access to po- to access to riches from poverty. Second Corinthians chapter eight verse nine. And finally, the most important of all, to bring us into a new covenant relationship with God. One of the most important things that Jesus Jesus' death came to bring us was to have a relationship with God. Now, every one of us, we don't need to say that I am praying through Jesus Christ. No, we all have a direct relationship with God. We have a direct relationship with God. Now, man can relate with God as though a man and his son are related because of what Jesus did. Is there, is there, do we understand these things? Do we appreciate these things? This is the power of the Christian. This is the power of the Christian. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.emenezaokolipa.com or call 0546 36 God bless you.